the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sadly, most see communion as a post-it note to a typical first or last Sunday of the month sermon. Yet, as we'll see today, it is so much more. Join us. Communion, not just a post-it note, not just something we do, but it is actually meeting with your Savior, face-to-face, as it were, tangibly speaking. We, we partake of the blood and body of Christ. Now, to be sure, these are elements. We don't hold to the actual transubstantiation of Christ, but it is real. When we celebrate communion, we are meeting face-to-face with Christ. It's that important. With more, here's Pastor Phil Howard on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. This bread represents a body from Bethlehem all the way to the grave. Marvelous, marvelous. And then I rejoice at communion. I rehearse my benefits. (laughs) Because Christ came, because he died. I rehearse the fact all of eternity is mine now. All this righteous standing is mine. And it's all because of two things. The body of Christ and the blood of Christ for me. That's why we can never take it enough or focus on this. Never get locked. Let me tell you, believers. uh, There are always going to be marriage books. I think it's about 5,000 at least just for Christians. When are you going to get it figured out? There are certain truths you can never mature enough to ever put them on the back burner. And it's the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. It's central. It's central. It's core to everything. You lose that, you cease to be Christian. And a lot of Christians have got a rotten marriage and they're going to die and go to heaven with a rotten marriage, but they're still going to make it to heaven. There's not enough books to correct the mother and dad you had. There's not enough books to correct all the family problems Because we are flawed sinners from the crown of our heads to the sole of our feet. And you can't get everything straightened out. But you can get under this blood. You'll never outgrow this truth. As I got through preaching this morning, I go down the aisle. And who should meet me? A man I thought would be out of town, Malcolm Lee. And he's crying like a baby. And I, I said, what's come over you? He said, I heard it today. I said, Malcolm, you've been saved over 40 years. He said, I know, it's like I never heard it. You mean you haven't got over it yet? Vance Habner said, they used to always tell him, you're going to get over it. You don't get over getting saved. You don't get over coming to know Christ. It's something you don't get over. This isn't the mumps. This is eternal life. Huh? We're not trying to get over it. See this man weeping. He just had about, I, I held him a while while he tried to get his composure. You know, men aren't supposed to weep, are they? Unless the stock market crashes. 
or that it's too deep for words. We, we both just supped about what the Savior means. Well, notice why we ought to take communion. I love this verse in chapter 10. My brother loves it. Years ago, we used to always use it in communion. And you hardly ever use this verse in communion. But it's right there. 1 Corinthians 10, 14. Therefore, my dear friends, flee from idolatry. The Corinthians would go to idols, temples, and of course, behind the idol was demons. And so if you read this chapter, he's warning them about going back to idol worship that is energized by demonic forces. You know, you see a little statue or a little image made out of stone or wood seems harmless. But he's telling them behind the idol is a a spirit being that energizes it. So idol worship is a very powerful thing. controlling influence. I speak to sensible people. Judge for yourselves what I say. Is not the cup of thanksgiving, and this is where some call it the Eucharist from this word, thanksgiving, is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a participation in the blood of Christ? And is not the bread that we break a participation in the body of Christ? Because there's one loaf, we who are many are one body, For we all partake of the one loaf. Is that not beautiful? He is saying, don't you know, don't you know when you take of the cup today, and if we were doing this as biblical as you could, we'd pass a cup. There wouldn't be a bunch of these sanitized little cups. Has anyone ever took it with just one cup? Did you get sick from it? I know people squirmish about somebody's lips been on it. Don't worry, God will protect you. They had a cup. They had a cup. And uh, we did that in the Ukraine with a thousand pastors. And, well, I did come home sick, but I don't think it's from the cup. (laughs) By the way, they're having that Ukraine conference and they contacted me. Please pray for us that God will give us a great conference. I meant to include that in the prayer. Remember the Ukraine pastors conference. $40 a month if they get it. Old men and old women that lived under communism, many of them, and now free to worship. Please pray for the Ukrainian church. Uh, So you take this cup, but when you take it, you want to say, I am a participant in the benefits of what this cup means. I partake in it. I've got birthrights and spiritual blessings tied to the death of Jesus Christ. All spiritual blessings I've got go back to the cup. Forgiveness, redemption, reconciliation, propitiation, justification, peace with God, all back to the cup, all back to the blood, all back to the lamb that was slain. It's all tied to the lamb. And when I take this bread, I I participate in the benefits of a physical body slain for me. But get this, according to chapter 12, well, just look at it. Turn right over one page. Be real careful. Watch this. Verse 27, 1227. Now, now, now hold on. You won't even believe it, but are you ready? Now, now let me read it with mighty significance. Listen. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. That's what broke up Malcolm. He said, that's it. I'm now a member of the body that was slain. 
and I've become his visible representative on the I am a part of the body of Christ through the bread, the juice, through the death of Christ in the body. I'm a member joined to a risen head and I have now become his body. That means when they see us, they see Christ. When Christ wants to be getting anything done on the earth, he sends the members of his body, not angels. When Christ wants praise, he gets it from his body. When the head wants his head scratched, he uses one of his fingers. I'm a member of that body. How did I get in that body? Through a body that was given for me and through blood that was shed. I have actually become a member of the one I helped crucify. Would you like to preach? How many of you would like to preach? You're sick of hearing me. Come on. Come on. Do you want to preach? Some of you want to break in. Let me show you how you can break in preaching today. And all of you, you're tired of hearing this voice and our pastoral staff is boring you. Okay, we're going to let you preach today. Verse 26, 11, 26. The more spiritual you are, you'll know these verses without me even telling you. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you, you proclaim. It's the word for preach. You preach the Lord's death until he comes. You see why I want you all here for communion? You all need to proclaim it. There's something powerful here that he gives you credit for you make me manifest. You go public. You proclaim who I am when you take the Lord's Supper. I know that you get tired and think it's childish when I try to exhort you and you think chide you or get in your face and you just get mad at me. Because I try to get your communion that we normally take at night. And we like to take it at night because I don't like to rush it. I don't like to be pressured because we do it so infrequently. I want some time to do it. But we do it once a quarter in the morning. And uh, you come along here. Every one of you today, you're going to proclaim Christ in some way. If you can partake of the bread and the cup. You'll proclaim, I'm a member of his body. And he died for me. And I'm the person that gets the benefit. You get to preach. This is your chance. We're not going to give you an offering, but uh, uh, go ahead. Uh, 1124. Uh, he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, they drank four cups. This is the fourth cup, the cup of blessing. He took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. He never did say remember his birthday, but he did say remember his death day. You know that we don't know for sure when he's born yet. You know, we think 4 AD because the calendar's got to change. We think maybe more around April, the winter months, a little cold. We don't know for sure. Who cares? He came. He said, remember my death. Remember my death. Do you ever get tired of remembering special events? Would you think a marriage might be in trouble when the guy after three years said, when did we get married? (laughs) She won't care. I'd book counseling now. (laughs) It could be a lifesaver. Or we'll give you a 911 number to call the day after. 
Oh, you better remember. Uh, I had the great mistake of dating two girls. And I had this one girl I went with before I got married. And her birthday's the same month as my wife's. And a few times, I got my wife born on her day. And those were the years we were in crisis counseling. I know her birthday. I mean, I've got it right here in the wallet. Don't worry, I know exactly. It was close, though, I'm telling you. It was close. If you're going to date other girls before you marry, get them in different months. Terrible to have eight girlfriends all born in the same month. Yeah, what, yeah, is it the first or the second? She won't care. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> Call Wilson and Kratzer. Make early arrangements. There's something about remembering. I think of my own mother that Hazel helped me out. When I'd come home, I was oblivious to certain events, wasn't around. But I, I remember as a boy growing up, and I would come home and uh, sometimes find my mother moody, weepy, and uh, a little bit beside herself. And I remember one time asking my sister, what is this? What, what's happening? Uh, and she reminded me, says, every year your mother knows when the boys were born that she lost. She knows when that junior was born. She knows when Monty Ray was born. She knows when she buried them. And once every 12-month cycle here, She's going to have a day of mourning for those boys she buried. You know what? By the time I came along, that had been over 40 years. She couldn't get the memory out of her mind. I bore that boy. I saw him killed. I buried him in Kansas. You'll never get it out of her mind. And every year she had a weeping spell over a boy she never got to raise. I think... uh, Oh, a wedding ring. You know, this one, I was just kidding, the first service. I got arthritis so bad in this finger from where I hit different things. And, uh, uh, <laughs> and that, that ring is so bad. See, that is weird. It looks like my brain. It's contorted. It's, I, I've had to expand it twice. Uh, it's not worth a whole lot. I've lost one diamond out of it. There's five originally. Five stood for grace. Now I'm down to four. I don't know what that stands for. Uh, <laughs> You know, uh, but my wife gave me that when she's 19. And uh, it's been about 37 years for us. And uh, I, I try never to take it off. Uh, I look at it. Uh, I'm hoping she'll buy me another one with that diamond going. But, but I think the lost diamond tells the wear and tear uh, of uh, the years, not the marriage. She's been a refuge. But it's kind of, you know, you say kind of corny. It probably did cost over $75. We didn't have any money. Do you think I'd sell it for $10,000? It's remembrance for me. You know what's fun about growing old together when you're married? She knows all my jokes. And nobody, if I ever had to bury her, we often talk, nobody has the shared history. We'll go through a town now and says, you remember when we preached there when I was 21? Yeah, you remember when we lived here and, and we just, you know, nostalgic journey. She's been a, a partner that made that journey like many of you have experienced. It, it's all the sharing and, and all the events. And, uh, and, you know, all that ring is is a remembrance symbol. Remember you made a vow to love her and be loyal. 
Remember you have three children with her. Remember she's been there for you when you, uh, you needed a friend. It's, it's a lot more than a little piece of metal. It has high significance. The longer I married, just sitting around the house, see the other day we looked at each other and said, hasn't God been good to us? Has God not guided us as two kids into ministry? Has he not led all the way? I used to always have Hazel in Virginia sing, Jesus led me all the way. A little corny, a little sentimental, but it's what communion is about. And it's not corny and it's not sentimental. Your Savior wants you to remember him. Uh, if he would give his body for you, if he shed his blood for you, is he asking too much to be remembered? And life has a way of burying him, burying him. It's kind of like the party they had on the East Coast for a, a newborn child. And it was the christening day and the rejoicing day. And they put the baby on the bed. And when all the guests came, they became oblivious to it and smothered him as they put all the guest coats on the bed and smothered the infant. Sometimes we bury the one we ought to be celebrating. We're throwing all the garbage of our life on him. Well, when we come to the Lord's Supper, get all the garbage out of the way. Discover the prince and the king of kings and the, the, the desire of all the ages, the ancient of days. Forget your checkbook. Forget some lousy team. Don't forget someone that covered you as a Passover lamb and got you out of Egypt and out of the domain of Satan and translated you into the kingdom of his dear son. That's why we take it. And I love what he says in 26. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I want to tell you, he may come any moment. I'm longing for the day when he comes. I'm tired of cancer. I'm tired of divorce. I'm tired of misunderstandings. I'm tired of sons and daughters going astray from parents. I'm tired of age. I'm tired of politics. I'm tired of this life. And I'm not in a bad mood. <laughs> I've just had a glimpse of another world through Christ. And if you only knew, once you've seen chocolate cake, it's hard to eat spinach. <laughs> and I've got a glimpse of the cake that's on the other side. Someday... I wish he'd come while we're taking communion. Come right, right in the middle of it. When everything on this earth seems to have forgotten him, I'd love to be just reaching out for communion. So let's remember. Hello, Jesus. He said, I told you I was coming. I told you I was coming. It's going to be that quick. In the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be transformed from mortal to immortal. And he said, then I'll drink it with you. The Lord, and according to Luke 12, he serves us communion. He told a parable about a servant that came and he serves. And you can read it in Luke 12. Someday the Lord Jesus is going to be distributing the elements. Come on. And it's going to be the marriage supper of the Lamb. We got married. Let's celebrate and say, I think the thousand year reign is the marriage party. In the Old Testament, you celebrate as long as the Father's resources held out. And sometimes they'd go a week, sometimes a month. Well, the father is just going to, he has to stop it somewhere. A thousand years just kicking up our heels. Ruling over cities. Reigning with Christ. Pointing out, I believed in the king when he was in exile. 
and all the nations coming into Zion. You can't get this in the Wall Street Journal, friend. I'm sorry. They don't have a clue. Well, why should we take communion? What should, how does God want us to do it? Take it in a worthy manner. Uh, in verse 27... We used to always go through uh, a morbid self-examining, am I worthy? Uh, let me ask you this. Were the people that were under the covering blood of that lamb, were they all, worthy? Were they all nice people? Why, no. He told Israel, I didn't choose you because you were easy to get along with. He said, you're stiff-necked people. And uh, had a Jewish friend tell me, wherever there's three Jews, there's four opinions. <laughs> you know. I said, well, we were talking. He said, you know why God made Gentiles? And I said, no, why? He said, somebody's got to pay retail. <laughs> and I said, whoa, thank you. I feel elevated. No, they weren't easy to get along with any more than you. What's underneath that, what's underneath that blood, it wasn't a character test that got him through. It was the blood he looked for. So... When we come to being worthy, it means the way you take it. Don't come like the Corinthians were drunk, fighting with one another. In no, I mean, just think of being tipsy at the Lord's Supper or, or sleeping with the wrong woman. I'll, I'll take it, just a little ordinance. Well, I want to tell you, you might be dead. Because the Lord stepped in the Corinthian church and began to kill them and maim them. Because not the pastor, the Lord knew who was taking it serious or not. And so... If you're not in a right frame of mind, don't take the Lord's Supper. It's pretty serious. It's a death penalty if he wants. You've got to be right. And I know many believers that do not take it. And I'm sorry they're in such sin. Or in such, but they're making a wise choice if they're not prepared. Verse 28, we take communion with self-examination, being sure we discern. A man ought to examine himself before he eats of the bread and drinks of the cup. Be sure you are in a serious frame of mind and that you are doing this as an act of worship and an act of remembrance. Uh, discern. You know the motives of your heart. None of us do. Just examine your heart. Be sure you're right. Then he says, discern what you're doing. 29. For anyone who eats and drinks without recognizing the body of the Lord, eats and drinks judgment on himself. That is why many among you are weak and sick And a number of you have fallen asleep. And believe me, that is not in the morning service. This this is death. You have died. So you're weak, you're sick, and you've fallen asleep because you sacrilegiously got involved with the Lord's Supper. Well, uh, are you aware that uh, a Passover lamb was slain for you? I'm sure you do as believers. Are you aware of the fact you're now a member of the body of Christ, that spiritual body, not his physical body, but he formed a larger body called his church, which is his body. Just to think, I love this. When you look around here, I I wish you would look that every Christian in this room is in the same body with you. They don't have greater status than you do. I don't have greater status. We're members one of another. And the only time Christ ever said he was persecuted is when the saints were being persecuted at Damascus. And he told Paul, why dost thou persecute me? 
Well, Jesus was up on the throne. But he says, whatever you do to those saints down there in Damascus, you do to me in heaven. And I'd like to say this today. If you love Christ, why don't you love the members of his body? And once again, we've come to the end of our time together here today on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. As we lock things up for another day of broadcasting, we do so with a a way to contact us here at Truth For Today. If you have a question, a prayer request, comment, we would love to pray for you. If you have a praise report about how the program is encouraging you in Christ, we'd love to hear that as well. A couple of ways to reach out to us. The easiest, of course, our phone number, 855-833-9864, or our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, you have another way to reach out to us, and that is, especially if you have a question or a praise report, that you would like Pastor Phil to answer. Well, simply take your voice memo app on that smartphone of yours, record your question along with who you are and where you're calling from, and then email that bit of audio to us at tftquestions at valleybible.org. Again, the email address is tftquestions at valleybible.org. So email that to us. We'll run it by Pastor Phil. And should we use it on the radio, we'll even let you know when. And as always, you can again reach out to us at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855-833-9864. You can also write to us, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. As you partner with us financially, bear in mind that we are able to continue this radio ministry through you doing just that, joining other friends and family members of this ministry to ensure that this program continues its ministry in the greater Bay Area. Please consider that as you reach out to us, and then join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard.